What's up, guys? Coach Cheryl here. Welcome back to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number 25. And today's episode is going to hit home for me pretty good because I'm going to talk a little bit about my own personal story with this situation, but also hopefully give you guys some education on the difference between chasing uh, performance and chasing aesthetics. And honestly, the difference between uh, nutrition protocols to perform at your best versus trying to reach your best body composition. And Although the nutrition basics are the same, the application and the timing of them matters more than anything. And, and that's kind of what I want to start off with is just kind of explaining to you guys a little bit about my own journey with this and hopefully give you guys some insight as to why I fullheartedly believe in being educated about what you're doing before you start. So let me take you back to 2015. Actually, no, I'm sorry, 2014. December of 2014, um, I was... 150 pounds or so, but I will tell you this, I often avoided weighing myself because I hated the scale. Um, I was feeling very uncomfortable in my skin. I had been eating. I know I had been trying to cut weight, but every time I would try and cut weight, I find I found that everything I tried would end up leading me to overeat. So whatever caloric deficit I was putting myself in ended up being negated by the binging that I would do. And it was super hard to commit to a cut when I really enjoyed training and I liked the way I felt and trying to figure out how to not be hungry all the time. Because when I was hungry, I would automatically start thinking about like, how is this going to affect my performance? Everything I did was about making sure that I was optimizing my performance. And so even with me thinking about the cut, it wasn't that I really wanted to cut. Yes, I was insecure, but it was more so like, I think I was, if I was a little bit lighter, maybe some of the gymnastics movements wouldn't be as difficult for me because at five foot three and five foot four, I don't think that I was at necessarily a healthy weight. I wasn't at an unhealthy weight, but I definitely know that I could perform a little bit better. And I'm going to kind of go specifically into what happened. So basically long story short, um, I don't know why this day really resonates with me as, as the reminder of why and when I started, but we basically as a group, as a team uh, on the team that I was on, we decided to, well, we were, tasked with a test. And this test was an aerobic capacity test that would take uh, take us through a bike interval where we would work for four minutes, one minute off for four sets. And after we were done, we were going to be taking our average watt output and our weight in kilograms, dividing it, getting some crazy number or whatever it is. And that score would equal to our fitness relative to what the cyclists that were getting ready for the Tour de France would use. And we were being used, or this was being used for us to measure if we needed to bring up our aerobic capacity or not. Long story short, I've always been the engine and I did score really well, but as an overachiever, I was like, hmm, I want to do better on this test. Like, what do I need to do to better? And I was looking at my average watt output and was informed that, hey, that's actually really good. Um, what is your weight at? And let's see where your body composition is at. So I decided to get my body fat tested uh, the next day because I wanted to get the best accurate score. So I didn't want to do it after I was working out or anything like that and came out as, I think I was just around 15% body fat. And I asked like, what would be an optimal body fat for, um, you know, like a CrossFit Games athlete, like where should I be? And the number that was put out was 10 to 12%. And so immediately, um, if you know my history, I was like, I'm fat. <laughs> I'm overweight. I need to lose weight. So that triggered me to go all in on a cut. I was like, I'm full hearted invested. I want to be the best athlete. And if I need to get to 10, 12 body percent, 10 to 12 body fat percentage, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to work towards that. Now, before I kind of go any further into what happened is 
I want to explain to you that I full heartedly will never suggest that anybody use what somebody else says as a marker for what their ideal body fat percentage is. Because I'm going to tell you right now, everybody's ideal body fat percentage is very different. One person can feel great at 10% body fat. Another person can feel like shit at 10% body fat. And so knowing that it's important to understand that just because there's a number spit out for you doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be optimal for you. And this goes right into why I do one-on-one nutrition coaching, because the optimal prescription for one person isn't always going to be the same. It's going to be different across different people. It's important to listen to feedback. So what would have been a better suggestion is let's figure out what body fat percentage you feel good at. If you feel a little heavy right now, let's see what 14 or 13% feels like. Maybe that's your optimum. Maybe, maybe it wasn't so much about losing weight. Maybe, and we're going to kind of go into that. I don't want to get into a tangent, but that just super fires me up because I remember seeing posts about it and like being like, oh my gosh, like you can't, nobody should be told what their ideal body fat percentage is. Nobody. So long story short, what happened next? Well, I know how to cut. So I started cutting. Uh, this was December of 2014. If you understand the CrossFit game season, what was to come in the next February was the CrossFit games open, which was the beginning phases of my CrossFit season. Uh, right before the open, I also had two priority competitions. I was competing in the East coast championships as an individual, and then at Wadapalooza, uh, with two teammates. So two very big competitions, um, going right into the biggest competition of my season about a month into my cut. I was feeling really good. I was feeling leaner. I was feeling energized. My muscle ups were getting better. Um, I just felt like I was in a good place. Um, I was hungry. Don't get me wrong, but I was able to space my food out and I was able to prioritize nutrition around training. And I understood all of that stuff and definitely made sure that I was getting in my calories at the right times, like before bed and stuff like that. And then right around December, the end of December into the beginning of January, I started to notice a difference in my strength. Squatting power went down a little bit. My cleans were going down. And I remember asking my coach, Hey, like I'm starting to lose some strength. Do you think I should change anything? And was informed that this is part of the process and it'll come back. And truth be told, he was right. It is part of the process. When you cut a lot of times, especially if you cut in a large deficit, you are going to lose some strength unless you're periodizing things, which we're going to go into later after I talk about my story. Um, so I was like, okay, coach is telling me I'm doing the right thing. Uh, I was getting a lot of compliments, not just from him, but from other people about how I looked and what was I doing. And I kept doing it because I'm like, well, I'm doing the right thing. I remember the ECC came and I actually, I really don't remember having any serious issues with the ECC. I remember the barbell. We had a barbell workout that definitely felt a little heavier than it should have, but I was still able to because of the adrenaline, everything like that, I was still able to perform pretty well. I noticed a difference, but it wasn't as detrimental as I thought it could have been because I think that there was jerks in it and my jerks were not as affected as much as my squatting strength and my pulling power. So that happened. And then the next two weeks would bring on the Wadapalooza competition. This is when shit went bad. So we were, (laughs) we were getting ready to um, start practicing for the competition. And one of the workouts had like 185 pound hang cleans. And that weight should have been easy for me at the time. And not easy, but it should have been very manageable for like sets of five. And I was struggling with singles. And my two teammates were like, what is going on? Like, 
they were relying on me and now I was letting them down. So the amount of pressure and fear I felt of letting them down was just overwhelming, but I was already so deep into this cut and now I was so motivated that I didn't know what to do. And I didn't think it was nutrition related because I was like, well, the coach is telling me everything's fine. And I had honestly at that point somewhat adapted. I wasn't getting as hungry as I was. I didn't feel as bad. I felt pretty good. I just was so dialed in that I I didn't want to quit. So that progressed on. No real changes other than anxiety was getting higher. Um, My ability to recover was getting worse. And then enter the CrossFit Games Open that year when the first or second workout was, uh, it was a triplet of snatches, deadlifts, and toaster bar. And then after the triplet, you would find your one rep max clean. Now, if you are familiar with me as an athlete, I have an engine and I also perform better under fatigue in lifting events because I'm primarily slow twitch. So oftentimes once I exhaust my slow twitch fibers, my fast twitch muscle fibers work much better. Well, that didn't happen that time. And I remembered as a girl who had a clean and jerk of about 220 pounds, I could barely clean and jerk 185. I was struggling and I was frustrated and I was stressed and cried. I was depressed. I didn't know what to do. I was like, what have I done to myself? And I I was at that point, I remember having the talk with myself. I was like, is this really worth it? Is it worth it for me to keep doing this? Because I feel like shit, like I don't know. And at that point, it was just so much easier to keep going than it was to try and stop and figure it out. I also never have lived the life of a full-time athlete where I just had nothing to do all day to think about this kinds of stuff. Most of my life was work, train, work, train. And that's, you know, kind of what I did. So even taking the time to be mindful was, was not even happening. And I had multiple conversations. Um, and it wasn't until it was too late when, you know, my coach at the time was starting to try and step in and, and help, but, and and I don't blame anybody but myself because at the end of the day, you know, it's best for you. And, you know, I can't expect somebody else to be in my head and my body and understand how I feel. Um, but at that point it just drew me into a depression. I just couldn't, I couldn't pull out of it. So, um, long story short, why am I talking about this today? Because I had this goal of chasing performance with the goal of getting leaner to perform better, but to be a better athlete and also to work on some self-confidence, but I did it at the wrong time. And so what I want to start by is taking that and segueing into a little bit about let's just talk about the seesaw of the difference of nutrition and, and nutrition periodization. So first and foremost, nutrition periodization. Okay. Oops. Didn't mean to hit that. I don't want to have to freaking record or edit this stuff. I don't like to edit it, but it actually just hit my foot. So sorry about that. Um, let's talk about nutrition periodization. So, and I'm going to talk about this for athletes. I've talked about it for fat loss, but let's just break it down for athletes. So Essentially, let's think about your season and and maybe you're not a CrossFitter, but let's just look at like a football player or a baseball player or anybody that has a seasonal sport, right? So you've got preseason. This is the time the the athlete spends getting ready for the upcoming season. So right before before football season um, or let's call it baseball season, there's like spring training. You know, they're like getting ready for things. I don't even know if that's a preseason thing. Anyways, you're getting ready for the season. You're, You're like making sure that your body's recovered. You're taking care of, you know, any injuries you might have, you know, you're making sure that when you go into the, into the season, you're feeling good. Everything's dialed in, 
with the main goal of performing at your best. So the goal in that time, you should not be focusing on any form of calorie manipulation that would hinder performance. And whenever you're feeding your body less, your body is going to get signal that there's less energy available. So what do you think is the first that's going to tank in the absence of energy, AKA your fitness, because you don't have to fitness. Your body's telling you, you don't have to perform well. You need to actually be able to pump blood. You need to be able to do other things. You need to be able to sleep. You need to do other things. So you don't want to go into a calorie deficit preseason. Guess what I did? I was in a calorie deficit preseason into my season, which is the next piece. What is your primary focus of in season? Basically, you are feeding your body as much as you can to make sure that you're recovering and that your hormones are under control and that your central nervous system is under control. You want the primary focus of nutrition is how much can we feed you to recover? Carbohydrates are a big component of that. So you want to make sure that you're feeding your body enough calories, enough carbohydrates to recover. Then you've got postseason. So this is the time after an athlete puts themselves puts themselves through hell that they're going to spend recovering from their season. And this is when you are trying to bring your hormone balance, your energy balance, everything back down to where it was before the season. You're trying to bring down cortisol levels. You're trying to, you know, get your sleep back under control because training is a stressor and competing is a huge stressor. Most people that are during competition have horrible sleep. They have some nagging injuries. They have all those things because they're pushing the limits. So you are going to experience that a lot of times in season, but post season, you should be working to fix those things. And then you've got your off season and the off season is when you're going to take whatever you needed to work on in your in season and get you ready for the next season. So maybe you are a little heavy and you need to spend some time cutting. That's the time to do it. That's when you take your, your priority at that point is not necessarily performing at your best. It's training. The volume might be a little bit lower intensity, a little bit higher volume, but your main focus during that time is, is moving better, making sure that you're getting stronger, you know, making sure that you're in, which might also change what you're doing in the off season. But if you're looking to lean out, what I'm trying to get at is that's the time that you're doing it, whatever manipulation you're doing on your body and your calories, you want to do it outside of performance. It should be done when you're not thinking about performing at your best, you know? So, and that, and that's why I said strength might be a different story because if that's the, the case, you probably shouldn't be in a calorie deficit either. Um, but that's, that's kind of the start. And then I want you to understand that this is talking specific to, to athletes, but athletes have a part of them that still values how we look, you know, like obviously one of the reasons why I wanted to, to cut at that point was because I wanted to look like the other athletes on the field. I felt like I was insecure with the fact that, you know, I didn't have abs. I didn't look like I worked out like they did. I mean, I definitely looked fit. I had muscle, but I wanted to see more definition. So, you know, and that's where I, I kind of wanted to enter in with this little seesaw of an analogy is I want you to pretend that you've had a seesaw and on one end of the extreme, on one of the seesaw, you've got performance and on the other end, you've got your aesthetics, how you look. Okay. So, and I'm going to put this on a seesaw because let's just say the extreme is like, you're putting a lot of weight on your performance. So for instance, you know, Matt Frazier made a post yesterday about um, how he wants to actually see what it feels like to train to look like an athlete without actually focusing on being an athlete meaning he's actually going to dial in his nutrition for looking better, not just like performing his best because in the extreme of performing at your best, your goal is like, feed me calories, get me recovered. Like your body composition does not matter near as much during that period of your time 
you know, because your main focus is like eating enough to be satisfied and to feel good. At the other end of the spectrum, you've got the aesthetic focus. And this person is, you know, they really don't care so much about their performance because their main goal is like they need to get as shredded as possible. So I want you to picture the bodybuilder getting ready for stage in about, you know, three to four weeks. You know, they're not worried about how much weight's in the bar. They're worried that they're squatting. And they're worried about getting reps in and getting the pump and getting enough cardio in. And they're, and they're literally feeding themselves as little as possible while still keeping hormones in check to get them as shredded as possible. So there's two big extremes there. And that's why I'm putting it on a seesaw. Because what I want you guys to think about is we don't have to always live in extremes. And so it doesn't mean that they're always going to be balanced. But maybe you're somebody that wants to walk. You're, you're more teetering on the side of performance with the goal of looking pretty freaking good aesthetically. You can find that balance if you do it right and you're not looking for any extreme changes. You know, if your goal is to just be able to move really well and be fit, you should not ever have to really work in extremes because your training should not be so extreme and your performance should not ever create that much of a stress response. However, if and, and also that'll allow you to sometimes prioritize maybe a couple of weeks in a cut without seeing a drop in performance because you want to have that aesthetic goal. Vice versa, if you want to have aesthetics, but you also want to perform well, you can find that balance of where are you happy? Like what, what level of strength and technique and skill and fitness makes you feel good and, and successful in your fitness career, but also gives you the body that you want. And so there is a little bit of a way to kind of create a, a teeter towards one side or the other that is a little bit less extreme. And so that's where I do think that even though you can't really chase both in extremes, you can actually chase both in non-extremes. And you're never going to reach your full potential at either of those things if you don't ever visit the extremes. But if your goal is not to be 5% body fat, super shredded, or be a top CrossFit Games athlete, it's okay to be living your life in that little fine line of like a little bit more on performance this month and a little bit less on performance this month because I want to look better for my for my photo shoot or whatever it might be. So there is a little bit of a way that you guys can honestly take the periodization and and that seesaw and create a level of balance that's still off balance, but that you can actually be a little bit happier with without having the extremes. And this is where CrossFitters are so different because we let's just say your goal isn't competing in CrossFit, but you do, or maybe you do compete like recreationally, but you're not making your full-time job. You know, you're the girl or the guy that goes to class in the morning and you want to be able to compete with the guys and and move a little faster and get more pull-ups and, and all that stuff. But, you know, your main focus in life is not to be a top level CrossFitter. You just want to be, you know, a good athlete. And so CrossFitters are different in that, like we can kind of, use that seesaw and be that balanced person because now you can kind of find the blend of an amount of training stimulus that's going to create the the feelings that you need to be an athlete and the nutrition that's going to support that. You know, you're not always just feeding your body nutrients just for the sake of recovery. If you're watching your training volume, you should be able to kind of do both. It's, it's really important to understand that there's a difference though between like being that full-time athlete. If you are training four or six hours a day and you're, and you're trying to cut and you're getting ready for season, that's not ideal. However, if you're like the weekend warrior, that's a little bit different story. And with that being said, your periodization might look a little bit shorter. So, you know, for instance, if I'm looking at nutrition periodization for an athlete over the course of a year, maybe your nutrition periodization as an athlete might be over the course of a month, or maybe it's two months. Maybe you have a local competition that you're doing in like 
So today it's, it's beginning of February. Let's just say you have a competition in four weeks. So maybe for the next four weeks, you're kind of prioritizing performance, getting ready for your season, quote unquote. Maybe your quote unquote season is only two days. And then you're going into postseason, which might be like a week or two. And then you can go into your off season, if that makes sense. So this doesn't have to be this long drawn out thing either. It can be shorter as well. It really depends on how much time, you know, and just like with uh, the calorie, talk about reverse dieting, calorie deficit versus calorie maintenance is thinking about how long you're in season and you should be matching that off season. So that's a good thing to look at too, right? So if you've been spending a lot of time in season, you are going to spend more time off season too, you know, and I know if you've been familiar with the CrossFit sport over the last couple of years, hasn't really, well, this past year, there was a big off season, but before that it was like, man, there was competitions every weekend. You didn't, you had to figure out, you had to, you had to almost prioritize your, your training and your competitions on your own, like figuring out what was your season going to look like. Um, but yeah, and, and maybe, and this is pretty CrossFit specific, but maybe you don't do CrossFit. Um, I did want to definitely talk a little bit more about that. And so that's where I want to kind of segue into is because let's just say you are chasing aesthetics um, and you are like, I want to look like an athlete. Like I, I really do want to have definition guys, athletes train, like they don't, they don't look at their, they don't look at their calories burned. They don't look at, you know, what Joe, Joe Schmo is, is doing. They don't, they, they don't, we push the limits and we push the limits with obviously mechanics and consistency in place first, like making sure that we're moving well. But when we put weight on the bar to back squat, it's how much can I back squat? If we see five by five back squats, if you're an athlete, you're like, Ooh, how heavy can I go? And you're often given specific goals with that, like stop one to two reps in the tank, build a heavy set or whatever it might be. But you're executing that movement with full intention and action of doing the best you can with the task at hand. And so if you want to look like an athlete, you should be training with that same purpose because that's what athletes do. You know, we, we don't look to just burn calories on our step watch. You know, we can walk outside to do that. Instead, we're focusing on like, how can I get better? Everything I do in the gym is, is usually about like, I want to get better at this. I want to get stronger. I want to get more proficient. I want to be able to feel good. And I also really enjoy doing the movements that I do, you know? So it's important to know that you have to train like an athlete. Now, the other thing about training like an athlete and, and looking like an athlete, and, and I'm going to go into my story as well, is you've got to eat like an athlete. So how did I get out of that rough spot, right? Like I had to relearn how to eat like an athlete. I had to take a step away from the fear of like, I just worked so hard to cut this weight. I don't want to put it back on and be like, Cheryl, like you feel like shit. You want to feel better. And athletes eat, like I eat a lot of food. And even if I'm not competing or I am competing, I'm still eating a lot of food because the lifestyle I live is I want to live like an athlete lives. I want to be able to train the way an athlete trains. And in order for me to do that, I've got to feed my body. So if you're wanting to look like an athlete, but you're eating like a bird, you're doing yourself a disservice because athletes eat to train. And most of the physiques you see are, see are not built on low calorie diets. They're built on the premise of like, I've got to eat to perform my best. And even in their off season, even if they are in a cut, their minimum effective dose always, they're like, how little can I cut out and still see loss? And how little can I do that for? Because I want to stay as strong and as fit as I am. I did not do it that way. 
I went the opposite direction and it crushed me. And to this day, I am still not as strong as I was then. Technically, I am as strong if I think my body weight into consideration, but, you know, looking at CrossFit as a sport that does not segregate by body, body weight or body composition, um, I'm weaker than I was, you know, so comparatively waist to, or I'm sorry, weight to, uh, pounds ratio of my body weight to what I can lift. I'm actually stronger, but in a CrossFit standard, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Weight class doesn't matter. So that's why I really hope that you guys can understand that it's important to periodize your season, um, and chase things at a little bit different place. So, um, the other thing that I want to kind of segue and, and kind of talk a little bit about with this whole topic is what is the ultimate goal of body composition for an athlete? And I, and I kind of touched on this a little bit in the beginning is the body fat percentage, right? So you have to understand that everybody is going to have a different look at a different body fat percentage. And the goal of body composition for an athlete isn't so much about how they look. It's more so about this is the body composition that I feel my best. And a good analogy that I would like to give or, or a good example, I shouldn't say really an analogy is like, look at a racehorse. And um, I do believe that uh, there was actually an article written in the CrossFit Journal about this is a racehorse is so lean, like on the, on the, on the, whatever the track they're on, they are so lean. You can see every vein, every fiber, you know, they're, they're just like, they glisten, like you see their coat and it's just like, you can see the muscle striations through their skin because they have to be as light and as lean as possible to be as fast as possible. Okay. So their, their, their goal of getting lean isn't because they want to look a certain way as a racehorse. It's like, no, they've got to be lean to be able to perform that way. Vice versa. Look at like a power lifter whose goal is like, you know, female that wants to get a 600 pound deadlift. Like, do you think they care about their abs? Their ultimate, their ultimate, their ultimate body comp or their optimum body composition is going to be one that's going to have enough body fat to support that kind of load and to allow them enough eating to promote the amount of training and lifting that they have to do to see those numbers. Obviously there's probably going to be some other factors in place, but that's so important for you guys to understand that the goal of an athlete is they're optimizing their body composition for the sport they play. And maybe you don't play a sport, but maybe you are an athlete at heart in whatever you do. Maybe you do push yourself, even if it is something like orange theory, I have a client that does orange theory and she always loves it when she like PRs for 2k or like, even if you're like an endurance sport athlete, like what does the ultimate body composition for your sport look like? And maybe your sport is the sport of life. And you want to be able to chase your kids. You enjoy being able to do cool, cool movements and cool tricks in the gym. You want to feel good doing them, but you also want to be able to live your life. And that's where that like seesaw can find a little bit more of a balancing act on either side. But either way, your nutrition should be supportive of those athletic goals and your aesthetic focuses, aesthetic focuses should be based on that. So I hope that you got some value out of this episode. It was something that I really wanted to spend some time talking about. Um, if you guys do have any more questions specifically to athlete nutrition um, or anything like that, please shoot me a DM, something that I'm super passionate about, even if you got value out of my story, um, you know, with my struggles with it, um, or if there's questions that you might have about your own journey and your own story about what you're chasing and how to periodize your own nutrition, feel free to shoot me a message because I want to hear from you. Um, other than that, guys, I will talk to you guys soon.